0: So this is what we end up seeing is you know this is runs so counter to Joel Steen's Your Best Life Now, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so opposite to what we hear in the the the, the what many think of Christianity. It, it, it runs completely opposite. I, you, you sit there and go, are you guys reading the scriptures? Well, no, they just read little pieces of it. What they want to have, you know, I I, I don't hear these word of faith guys ever preach through or teach through First Peter. <laughs> they probably We'll pick up a you know little tidbits, but how would they how would they handle this passage? They couldn't.
1: Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc., to Scripture. Our focus is Second Timothy 3, 16 to seventeen that all Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Welcome back to another episode of Thoroughly Equipped. I'm your host Melba Toast, and I'm so glad you have joined me today. I hope this episode blesses you and brings glory to God. So, I'm still on a break, so to speak, <laughs> as I work on Season 2 of Thoroughly Equipped, But of course, I still want to provide some edifying content while I work on the podcast. This is another episode where I share with you some of the other podcasts connected with the Christian podcast community. Today is not so much a podcast, but a Bible study done by Andrew Reproport, the host of the podcast, The Rap Report with Andrew Reproport, Theology Throwdown, co-host on So You Want to Be a Podcaster and Apologetics Live as well as pastor at Grace and Truth Bible Church located in Bucks County, PA. I'm pretty sure that's not all he dabbles in. (laughs) Yeah, so Mr. Rappaport basically never sleeps, but he does put out very thorough biblical content. One podcast that I want to point you to is the Apologetics Live podcast. This is a podcast where anyone with a phone or computer camera can join in on the conversation and ask theological questions. If you have any questions about biblical texts and passages, doctrinal differences, or even different religions and cults, Andrew Rapport, Justin Pierce, and Anthony Silvestro are graciously willing to answer them. To ask your questions you can go to ApologeticsLive.com. That show airs every Thursday at 8 o'clock. So, today's topic is suffering and maturity. Mr. Rappaport has been going verse by verse through the book of 1 Peter. This is a recording from the Grace and Truth Bible study that meets weekly on Wednesdays. You can find out more if you are in the Bucks County area and wish to attend at the web page graceandtruth.bible. I believe this study is very important to get into as we see how our culture is turning against God in all sorts of ways. Our culture no longer appreciates Christianity, morality, or truth. And as we stand up for what we believe, and even just live out what we believe, we will come across persecution, trials, and suffering. Remembering that God works all things out for our good, even in suffering, we can continue to hold fast to Christ. So, with that said, let's dive in, shall we?
0: Okay, why don't we turn to... First Peter, chapter four, verse twelve to nineteen. Since Ken's not here yet, I'll, I'll say that I hope to get through all of this, but Ken would doubt that. So, <laughs> if I just skip over all the good stuff, we can we can do it. <laughs> all right, uh, let's read first, first Peter chapter four, verse uh, verses. 12 to 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though something strange as some strange thing has happened to you. But to the degree that you share in the suffering of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that also at the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice in exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer. Or a troublesome meddler. But if anything suffers, if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed. But is to glorify God in his in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the text before us. We ask that you would help us in understanding your word, uh, that the personal Holy Spirit would illuminate to our minds and our understanding so that we could apply this to our lives. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're in the part. We just kind of finished that section in 1 Peter 4.11 where he gave that, that benediction. Um you know, and the, the whole focus really being love, which, you know, when we think about it, when we talk about love nowadays, it's, it's kind of a, you know, we, as Christians, we have to quantify and, and properly define love. Uh, someone asked on, uh, on Facebook this week a guy, who's a progressive Christian, and he, he was asking about the love of God and you know, what is the love of God? And I said, well, it's it's self-sacrificing. It's loving all that God loves and hating all that God hates. <laughs> and every other post in this progressives thing is all like this sweet things, you know, giving what, you know, giving, a, you know, what like getting what you want from others or giving to others what they want. And, you know, and no, no one mentioned, not one of them mentioned anything about hating what God hates, you know. Uh, I thought I, I thought it'd be clear I thought maybe though maybe I should have been more specific and mentioned you know hating things like homosexuality which he thinks is okay and women preachers which he thinks is okay <laughs> you know, and the, the most loving thing you could do is is correct that and so we come into uh, verse 12 and the first word beloved this is a form of the word for, Agape love, which is that self-sacrificing love, it, it, it's a term of of endearment. But and, and we we'll, we see this with Peter, where there's times where he will use affectionate terms uh, before he says things that are hard for them to hear, and and that says a a you know a wise uh, pastor or shepherd would do, is to you know point out when you're going to say something that's hard for somebody, you know, to, to use a term of, of endearment or try to soften it. Right. We, 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 people do that today. Um, well, okay. Maybe not you, but, (laughs) Hey, if the look fits. (laughs) Yeah. So, so here, what's the hard thing? Well, he, he says here, do, uh, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes your way upon you for your testing. So the first thing he has is we shouldn't be surprised. Okay? That actually seems surprising for some. <laughs> you know, many who go to Joel Steen's church or find persecution very surprising. That's not why I became a Christian. I came became a Christian because I was going to get this... Wonderful life that was promised me, <laughs> right? Um, but that's not what we end up seeing in Scripture, and so the idea of "do not be surprised" in the in the in the Greek, the word "surprised" here is an imperative; it's a command. So we're to not be surprised is is a command, and the the idea of surprised it's it's actually the term uh, to receive a guest or entertain, um, you know, to, to entertain strangers. Uh, so, but it has the idea there of the, you know, someone coming in unexpected. But we he, he's saying we shouldn't be surprised. In other words, if, if we're not going to be surprised, then we should be expecting suffering. And, and that is what he's going to talk about throughout this passage is we should expect suffering. It it comes with the territory of being a Christian. Okay. And, And so when you have people that, and this is why you have so many false converts who are like right now, you're seeing all these churches starting to close up. Why? Because they were filled with people that wanted a wonderful life. That's what they were sold. Here, here's a gospel track. It's going to promise you a wonderful life. Let me tell you how God has a wonderful plan for your life. And then they end up getting persecuted and going, wait, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, If you ever watch um, Way of the Master, um, you know, Ray will talk about um, his parachute uh, illustration, um, if you've ever heard that and so in that illustration he talks about a man who you know he's given a parachute before he gets on a plane and he's got a choice with the parachute like he you know they they tell him hey take this parachute because it's gonna it's gonna ease your your flight so he takes the parachute for comfort right but then the the parachute's uncomfortable it's it's bulky it's in his way you know a stewardess comes down the aisle and spills coffee on him and he he gets he's even more upset. So, and he ends up taking the parachute off because he doesn't see a value of the parachute. And then he tells this illustration in in his illustration. And then talks about a guy who's given the same parachute, but is told we're going to crash, and you're going to have to jump out of the airplane. Same waitress walks down the aisle and spills coffee. What is he thinking? He's saying okay, that's fine because that's nothing compared to what I would, what's going to happen next, right? And so as, as the, the, the suffering of the parachute's bulky, he's not thinking this parachute's bulky because he's thinking about what this parachute's going to do and saving his life when he jumps out the plane. That's really the issue that we see in Christianity today and is so many people are sharing a gospel of, hey, take this parachute because it'll make things comfortable for you. And then when things don't go comfortably, what do they do? They want to take it off and get rid of it. And the last thing that person's ever going to do is believe in the parachute. Because they know from their experience, it wasn't comfortable. This is is the the tool of the enemy to convince so many people to never look for salvation. Because they became a Christian, supposedly, because they wanted a comfortable Christianity. They wanted things to be comfortable. They wanted things to go smoothly. And then persecution came. And they didn't expect that. They, they want they they want to be done with Christianity, and what we end up seeing is those people they want nothing to do with Christianity because they tried it, they tried Jesus. You know, it's like the, the person who who quit smoking cigarettes is usually like the person who's most anti-cigarette smoking, right? Or or whatever you could put whatever in there. Um, the, the most anti-Christian is the person who tried Jesus for a better life. And didn't expect the suffering that comes along with it. And so Peter's being really clear. Don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes. Okay. And so the term for fiery here is the term uh, for burning. Okay. It's a burning temptation. And so uh, a burning uh, sensation, I should say. So it's the idea of we should expect. Now, literally at the time that Peter's writing this, they were burning Christians. Okay, and so you picture in the in the terminology here as he's saying this, you know, Nero has moved to blaming Christians for burning down the city, and what's he doing? He's he's actually lighting Christians on fire. So it, <clears throat> this isn't he's not saying some figurative thing of just saying well a fiery ordeal, just a tough situation. No, he he's talking about literal fiery ordeals. <laughs> Right? That's the extreme of the persecution. So as we read this and we hear what he's saying to us, consider this the persecution we have, and it's nothing near what we see in scripture here. Right? I mean we're 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 gonna get persecuted where yeah, you know, people are gonna start losing jobs, and and yeah, people are gonna be, you know, called names and and they'll you know, they'll probably take away property and things like that, or maybe put us into camps or whatever, but all that's still (laughs) less than being lit on fire for Nero's entertainment, right? So, you know, understand that this is, this is the extreme. I mean, he's, this is not some, you know, a lot of people will talk about this as being, you know, as if the fiery ordeal is just a, you know, an illustration or an image. And at this time, people literally were undergoing a fiery ordeal. And so with that, we have to realize that this is not something that's just, you know, it, it's it's encompassing of the fiery ordeal and everything else. It, he, he is, once again, just like when we looked at submission and he went to the extremes, that's what he's doing here. Right? So we shouldn't be surprised... If, if they set us on fire. Now, you picture yourself as a first century Christian when they're literally lighting, pe- lighting people on fire. And he's saying, don't be surprised when they do that. You know, I, I had uh, I, I was on a, someone's podcast recently. He's an unbeliever. And uh, I, I met him. I was evangelizing. He, he wanted to be on my podcast. Or he wanted me on his podcast. And I said, sure. And he wants to come on my podcast. He's going to come on tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, you have me on your podcast, fine. I'm going to share the gospel. And so I posted it and I warned people that, you know, he's, he's an unbeliever. You got to be careful of language, you know, but still someone's going to contact me and go, you know, how could you post that? Cause I don't expect unbelievers to act like believers. <laughs> you know, I actually expect unbelievers to act like unbelievers. I mean, that's all they know, you know? Now, granted, some people will will recognize and out of respect watch language and things like that, but you, I don't expect that. You know, and I kind of was like, hey, there was a warning on there, so if you chose to listen and you're offended by foul language, sorry, it's on you. <laughs> you know, like, you know, um, I'm sorry that you're you're offended at something you were warned about and chose to listen to anyway. <laughs> But uh, but you know his, his the point Peter's making is we should not be surprised uh, when the world acts like the world. Throughout Scripture, we see that we're going to be persecuted. It's clear, it, it's throughout. Okay, uh, Philippians, Paul even says that our suffering is granted to us by God. Hmm, that's strange. Why does he grant us suffering and persecution? Well, we're going to see why in a moment. He says, do not be surprised by this fiery deal which comes upon you for your testing. And that's the reason. It's the the reason God grants suffering is for our testing. Okay. Ken, let me ask you to open to uh, James chapter 1. Have you read a couple of verses? So if you could read James chapter 1, uh, just read from uh, verse 2, uh, from from 2 down to, um, let's see. Let's go down to 5.
2: Okay. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him.
0: So what you have here is you have James, who is the pastor in Jerusalem. This is the half-brother of Jesus, who is writing, as he says in verse 1, to 12 tribes scattered in the dispersion. So they were being persecuted, and because of the persecution, they scattered out of Jerusalem and went elsewhere. Okay, and he's writing to them. Well, they're dealing with persecution too. What does he say? Now, by the way, if you notice this, I want you to notice a, a, a technique he does to in his preaching style, or at least in his writing style. He, he is linking several words together here. So each of these thoughts, he has A and B, and the next thought, it's B and C, and then next thought, C and D. If you look at that, it says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you when you come into various trials. So that so the it ends on trials. Then the next verse says, knowing that you're testing of your faith. And trials and testing are have a similar idea there. Okay. The the testing of your faith produces endurance. Okay, so now he links the endurance, let let and let endurance have its perfect work, resulting so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So the, the idea of lack. But if you lack wisdom, let, uh, let him ask of God who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay? And so, so he has that style that he, he plays in there. That's purposeful. That's a way of trying to, he's trying to make a point, but he's trying to show how one thing affects another thing. What's, it, what's the effect? Well, his, his, his command in, in James is to consider. That's the command. What are we considering? Considering it all joy. And, and Peter's going to say a very similar thing here soon that we'll see. We, we consider it joy. What do we consider joy? Various trials. That's what we consider joy. Well, the, the, the question would be, why in the world would we consider you know, joy for trials? Well, he tells us why. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, how, how does it produce endurance? Well, let the endurance have its perfect work, uh, perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. How would I lack anything? Well, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So you see how he's, he's laying out an argument by the way he does this. But the whole thing is that how do we count trials as joy? because it does have a purpose. God doesn't just give us trials in our life for no purpose. The, the purpose of the trials is a testing of our faith so that it produces endurance. Guess what? if we give in to the this to, to avoid the suffering and we give in to avoidance, we're not going to build endurance right And so we have to endure the trials. We have to go through the trials to endure them. And, and that's what it, why, why do that? Well, because that's going to make us perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay. By the way, um, the, the term for comp, for perfect here is the same term that we saw last week. When, when we we're talking about gifts when we looked at 1 Corinthians uh, 12, uh, 13, 8 and following. Right When the perfect comes. And people will say the perfect must be Christ because he, only he is perfect. Um, no one seems to believe that the perfect here in James 4, in James 1:4 is that we're going to be Christ. <laughs> you know, That endurance will make us into Christ. <laughs> Just a point, <laughs> you know but, uh, but it has a purpose. The, these trials and temptations we have are, are to it help us in our endurance to, to perfect us to complete us for the work that God has. And so the, the term that we see back to in 1 Peter 4, the term that we see here for your testing, it's a term that means temptation, test, or trial. Temptation, test, or trial. Now, there are, uh, we end up seeing is that there are uh, these three different words that have a different idea of them, Okay. I think I've probably gone over this before, but, you know, I don't figure that you remember everything that I've taught. I expect you to. Oh, okay. Maybe we should do a pop quiz one day. Yeah, we. Okay, so pop quiz. Who knows the difference between a temptation and a trial? You can't answer because I know you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I know you probably wouldn't raise your hand anyway. What do you guys think what is the difference between is something you go
2: through temptation is something you experience
0: correct yes temptation temptation is from within and a trial is from without so a trial is something you go through as you said where temptation it's from within it's something we experience Well and that's where we have the word testing so there we have a testing if we think of it, a testing is got two subpoints: trials and temptations. Okay, both a trial and a temptation is a testing. There, but there, are two different aspects of a test. And so, yes, as you said, when from God's perspective, He allows trials. He allows He allows a test in our life. Right now, He knows the outcome of the test. But people say, "Well, why does God do it? Does does God tempt?" What does scripture say? Does God tempt? No. What is it? God does not does not tempt. You know, it's it's not temptation's not from him, but tests are. Why? Because he wants us to pass the test. So he allows trials and temptations as a testing, as a way of going through it and enduring it to perfect our faith. The enemy looks at it and puts trials in our path. Why? So, we would fail and not be perfected because the more someone continues to give in to that failure over and over again, they end up stagnating their spiritual growth, right? And that's what the enemy would want. So now, let me ask this: Can the enemy tempt us? Okay, one no, one yes. why do you why why do you say? He is. to tempt, yeah. But God tempting you to He how how so how would Satan be able or the enemy demons and all, how would they be able to tempt? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't
3: know your exact look for but scripturally I don't know how well it all works, how Satan does it, but I don't
0: know. Okay, well why why would you yeah. say no? Because yeah. we're
2: drawn or we're tempted when we're drawn away of our own lusts.
3: Our
0: own lusts. Exactly. So, a, 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 if a temptation is from within, Satan or the demons cannot indwell a believer. So, what what they would do is put a temptation before us in the form of a trial. That's how that's how Satan would tempt. So, it's, it's it is the idea of a temptation, but when we make the the more precision of one being from out and one being from within, right? Then we're going to see that Satan in that definition can't. Tempt us because it'd be from within us. But he's he's trying to lay a temptation before us, right? He he's going to put things in our path so that maybe our own flesh would give into it. <clears throat> but the things he would put in, or that the enemies would put in, is going to be external in that sense. What verse are you looking up?
3: No, I don't play that. I'll just I'm, I'm just doing some.
0: I have a- doing some study.
3: Some Berean uh, study here. That's good.
0: That's what we want. That's why I'm asking. Uh,
3: uh, Matthew 4.3 And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to come bread. So that's, that's context. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I may be thinking of a different context, but the tempter being Satan. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking someone's tempting me, it's Satan. Yeah, I know it's sin as well. well. Yeah. Which is it? Is it <clears throat> sin is it Satan. Is it both? You know.
0: Well, Satan is put, but well, what's Satan doing at that time? He's not within Jesus, right? He's not coming from within. He's putting things in front of him. Right. Right? That would, would be a temptation. And that's, and, and this is, it's an important distinction for this reason. Okay. Especially if you end up dealing in charismatic circles. Uh, in charismatic circles, Satan is the cause of everything bad. You know, if, if you got a drinking problem, you got a demon of drinking. That's all. You know, you, you got a problem with drugs, you just got to get rid of the demon of drugs. You just need to be, you know, exercised of that demon. Nothing is personal responsibility right they blame satan for everything everything satan's fault you know So like like a woman like, drop a 20 out of her purse so
3: my temptation might be in my flesh not me but my flesh might be like oh this pocket right I it but you know you would let her know right so that satan putting the 20 down there or is that your simple think, you like, to your simple desire is steal? Yeah. It, yeah. Right? yeah
0: see that was the temptation itself is from within you that doesn't mean that it, something external didn't happen to to you know to bring about the temptation right but a trial is going to be something external that you know is going to be something that's happening to you now is there still a test in that yeah, yeah, right, yeah. it's going to be different you know when you leave your car, car door unlocked and someone ramaged through your car okay, so. <laughs> yeah, <I forget> Adam, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is? What did he do? What yeah, did he do? He, I mean,
2: what do you mean? What did
0: he do? No, he blamed his wife first oh, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. he, he gives him. in. He, only no
2: people that ever existed, he blames.
0: Yeah, the wife it, you gave. Him. And it. What did she? He blames both of them. Blames yeah, God that's and that's her, and she. She blames him. He blames everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She she still, she still ate us. She still all she still ate us all out of house and home. what you say? I said she still ate us all out of house and home. <laughs> no, but but you're right. I mean, she was deceived. And what does she do when she get when she's asked? Look, it's the it's the serpent, right? <laughs> so, so when we think of the testings, you know, God is expecting, even though He know He knows the result, uh, He He's He's allowing it for the perfecting of our faith. Even though sometimes we give into the temptations or fail in the trials, to our own doom. But yet that's, you know, the goal of, of Christ, of God, allowing that in our life is for our endurance, our perfection of the faith. So the, the, the question becomes this. I, I, you know, people will ask me a lot of times, they'll ask, you know, how can I be more spiritually mature? You know, that's you know, a response they never like to hear. Go through suffering. <laughs> Suffer. Wait, wait, wait a minute, that's not why I became a Christian? Then you're not going to mature. <laughs> it's just that simple. Yeah. Spiritual maturity comes through suffering. It comes through testing, through so trials and temptations, and passing, not... You're enduring it, not just going, oh, I can't do this. I give in. You know, the temptation's too great. So, you know, but how much more... <laughs> when this, this testing is, okay, we're going to light you on fire now to light Nero's uh, gardens. I mean, does that seem like maybe this is a little bit much? Maybe, you know, Peter, you're asking too much here. Like, you really want me to not be surprised when that happens? That's an extreme. And he says, you know, when these things come upon you for testing, as though something strange were happening to you. So don't be surprised when this this strange thing. The, the idea of a stranger or a foreigner is the the idea here. When this strange thing, don't don't like think this is this is something out of the ordinary. When this happens, it's like well wait wait wait. Let me get this straight. You're telling me that I should expect and and, and in fact. Assume it's normal that I'm going to suffer for Christ. Well, if that's your question, the answer is yes. That's exactly what Peter's trying to tell us. It's not, people will say, you know, what should I do if I suffer as a Christian? It's not a question of if, it's a question of when, if you're a Christian. And quite frankly, if you're not suffering, if you're not going through some trials and temptations, it might be because you're already in the world and not of the Spirit. You're just going with the flow and you don't feel any temptations. If you're not struggling through temptations and trials, it might be because you're not a believer. And so we, th- this is one of the things as believers we expect. Now, is it all to the same level? No, obviously. I mean, we're, we're not going through what we saw when the Christians were put in cages in the Middle East and burned alive, Right. That was a couple of years ago. That's that's not happening yet here in America. You know, our our suffering is is vastly different than the people that Peter's talking to that were being lit on fire to to you know light up Nero's gardens. But they're still suffering. Okay.
3: Um, so you're talking about suffering for righteousness' sake, right? You're not talking about like, oh, you know, we were sick for you know three four weeks. That's not like, like the trial. Well, it could be
0: but but, but exactly. this is this is specific for Christ's sake okay. so right I don't think you're going to suffering but for
3: okay or my job
0: whatever yeah. or family or whatever no and that also doesn't mean you know i acted like a jerk and and yeah, someone yeah. called me out and I, oh i'm suffering for christ he called me names yeah, no so calling right. you a jerk because you act like a jerk is not actually calling you names it's not an insult it's actually accurate <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. not having returning insult for insult right, and, right. Not, yeah Yeah. Now, now let me ask you this. Have we seen this throughout the book of 1 Peter? This this thought? Over and over again, right? I mean, right from the beginning. Why do you think it is? So I'll ask this as a question for you guys. Why do you think it is that Peter continuously is coming right back to the same thought over and over again? Go ahead. You look like you have an answer.
2: Well, <laughs> well I mean, obviously, he's, he's trying to set the uh, table for what they're about they're about to enter
0: into. Yeah, I mean, we need this repetition, yeah. especially for hard things. I mean, there is no repetition needed if, if you know, when you, the word of faith guys, right? You're gonna God's gonna give you. Wealth and health and happiness that doesn't need repetition because we like that thought, right? And we, we could sit and think about that all day and go, yes, 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 that's what I want. But when he says you're gonna suffer, when we want the comfort, it's like you have to keep reminding. Itching, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want the we have itching people have itching ears and want to hear hear what they want to hear. It's hard to hear these things. So God allows some people to scatter during persecution for the spread of the gospel, some to say for testimony, or... yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean God does God uses the God uses these testings in different ways for different people. So you're right. Some some it was to scatter. James and Peter both are dealing with people who scattered because of persecution, right? That's who they're writing to. And yet, some stayed, and were were killed there, right, or or suffer there. And so, you know, which which is it, right? God's using both of them for different purposes. But you know, it, it, the reality is is that there are certain people we have to realize that God actually allows us to suffer for His sake. I I, I remember years ago, uh, had a friend we were. Um, we actually uh, ended up in the same church. Where we were, you know, served together. Um, uh, actually, in two churches technically. And this is a guy who, when you know, from the time I first met him, like, he he was actually old enough to be my dad. He was like one of my my good friends, and I never realized that like that that generation difference until like I was talking to his his third. It was, yeah, I guess third daughter, and we realized we graduated. We went to the same college, and we graduated the same year. Like we were in school together and I'm like, wait, Jim, you're old enough to be my dad. <laughs> and, you know, he, the way he would talk about it, he had a, a 30 year headache. He had a headache that never went away. It just, it just it, different intensity and he would struggle with it. <clears throat> and, and I would, I, it was one of the things when I'd get together with him, I was always amazed because I'm like, man, when, when I get a headache, it's just, it knocks me out. I'm debilitated and stuff. And he's got a 30-year migraine. Right. And I, I can't understand it. I'm like, I would not be able to do that and do what he did. like he's he still serves, even though he's in pain all the time. And he still pushes himself to to, you know, you know, he was an elder in, in two different churches, you know, serving and and teaching. And and I'd be like, I couldn't do that. You know, and, and it was always someone where I'd always look to him and be like, God seems to allow certain people to go through trials that you know, maybe someone else couldn't handle. But he's such a testimony in the fact that when he goes and does things that many of us would take for granted, and yet he does it with great pain. And I'm like, I I'd just look at him and be like, man, like him doing these things. It really helps me realize how like small I am, <laughs> how far I have to grow. And, and and I'd sit there and be like, I don't think I have enough grace in my life that the Lord could allow that for me. Because I, I, I don't think I could handle it like he handles it. But he handles it and glorifies God and rejoices through it. Right? I uh. see people like that, too. They get,
2: uh, not, not like a consistent thing like that, but they just seem to get barraged. Yeah. Boom! 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 Like, I see you know, you just in the flesh, you have to scratch your head like, why? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just uh, wrong. but yeah, when it's done, you just see the, you see the, the fruit of it, um, and uh, it's awesome to behold. But but still, it seems like some people just they go from one to the next to another, different, but it's just. Oh, it's
0: and the thing you end up seeing with that is you see two types of people that come out of that, right? One, you see that person who they go through one into the next trial and the next trial, and they're, they're rejoicing, they're glorifying God through it. And we're amazed at their spiritual maturity. And then you have the people that just, it's like, oh, this happened. Then this, ha- oh, uh, yeah, I can't do anything because this happened. I can't do anything. And, and where are they at in their spiritual growth? Nowhere, right? It, because they're, they get stuck at that point. Where God wants to use it to to perfect them, yeah. to go through it and have that endurance, instead they they're stuck here.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. that's when you look at Romans eight twenty eight. You know, you got to look at those verses when you're going through the hardest times and still say, "Okay, my God cannot lie; He's working all things together for good." That that's easier said than when you're you know, obviously going through it and you're battling. Yeah, that, but that is either true or it's not, and that's sometimes the way you got to look at. Those things you're working it together for good, yeah. He says, and I believe you above the situation. Again, I'm not saying it's a tiptoe to the tulips as far as our faith, but but that is, I think, persevering and persevering, you know, just what you're
0: teaching on here, yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised, we should expect these ordeals, these testings. But he, he says in verse 13, but to the degree that you Share the suffering of Christ. Keep on rejoicing. So the idea here that we have is: What is this suffering? The suffering is in Christ, right? We're suffering because we're standing up for truth. We're suffering because we're we're standing up for righteousness. We're standing up for Christ. That is going against the flow of the world, right? The world would say, "Take everything easy and." You know you deserve everything, and it should be all for you. And no, but to the to the degree that you share with Christ, well, what degree? Well, whatever degree you're suffering, I got news for you: Christ suffered more. He suffered far more than anything we could ever suffer. So, in whatever degree it is, whatever degree you're suffering, you know, Ken, your suffering is going to be different than Kenny's, and you know, different than Kevin's, and you know, every one of us is going to have a different suffering. In fact, even if we go through the same. Trial, right? We have the same thing happen to us. We still suffer differently, don't we? So, so we can never really say, oh, I understand what you're going through." We we really can't, right? Suffering is an individual thing because of where we're all at in our spiritual walk and how we're dealing with things. And we're we're gonna we can go through the same thing and all deal with it differently. Okay, but to whatever degree. We're, we're suffering, whatever degree we're going through, Christ suffered more than that. So if we're, we're suffering for Christ's sake, what well, we're doing is we're sharing in his suffering. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, I, I, now I got to mirror. I'm trying to mirror. I, I knew I wanted to use it and I should have saved it. Um, but there was a thing in the news about, I think it was in Canada. Uh, I think it was like a, a congressperson that um, that just put out on on social media a scripture, just scripture verse, but it was a scripture verse against homosexuality. And so they're 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 being fired, right? And and her response was, "If I have to, you know, suffer by standing up for the words of Christ, I'll consider that suffering for Christ's sake, and I'll rejoice." I was like, "Well, that's exactly what Peter's saying here." <clears throat> whatever our suffering is we're sharing in what Christ did for us all right and so what does he what does he command of us keep on rejoicing that's a command <laughs> keep on rejoicing but you don't understand I'm suffering yes he does understand keep on rejoicing it's an imperative there that's an imperative in the greek that you keep on rejoicing.
2: I don't think that can be minimized either. You're, you're, uh, that I may know Him, the power of resurrection, and the fellowship of His suffering, because there is a, a unique oneness with Christ as you're separated unto Him and His sufferings. And I'm always taken back to Psalm 23. Says, "I will." He says, "Um, I will, there I will build a table uh, table for you in the presence of my enemies." Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> table of what? There's like a table of fellowship in the presence of his enemies. He says there will be a, there will be a camaraderie, a fellowship yeah. of his sufferings with him. He says, even in the face of the enemy, somebody can help me. the Verses in Psalm 23. Yeah. I'll but, get um, I even pull I it up. So it,
0: so it, says, it prior, says, right prior to that. Yeah, Psalm 23 Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your, the house of the Lord forever. That's beautiful, is
2: in so the presence of an enemy, so bring a table of fellowship. You can enjoy. Rejoice in a fellowship of the, the sufferings. And you see it in Stephen, right? Stephen's a yeah. perfect example. Can you think of the verse? Uh, sorry. King James. That would keep him in perfect peace. His mind is
0: stayed on the Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah as long, as long as we stay on on Christ, which is uh, another passage, would be Colossians three, verse one, right? That we our eyes are fixed on things above, not on the things of earth. If we're fixed on the things above, right? As as the hymn would say, the things of earth grow strangely dim. Right. And so, so this is what we end up seeing. Is you know, this is runs so counter to Joel Stein's "Your Best Life Now." Right? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's so opposite to what we hear in the the the, the what Many think of Christianity. It, it, it runs completely opposite. I, you, you sit there and go, "Are you guys reading the scriptures?" Well, no, they just read little pieces of it. What they want to have. You know, I I, I don't hear. Uh, you know, actually, I, I would wonder. I should go do a search. I should ask Justin. You know, if he's seen these word of faith guys ever preach through or teach through First Peter, <laughs> they probably will pick up a you know little tidbits. But how would they how would they handle this passage? They couldn't, because it goes exa- It's completely contrary to everything that they're teaching. I mean, everything they teach and everything they say that the Christian life is about. This passage just demolishes, right? And so we have to keep that in mind. What Peter is saying is one, we should expect suffering. Two, they're there for our testing. okay? Three, we should we should you know share, recognize that you know they're from they're from suffering because of Christ. four, we should rejoice. That that's basically I and mean, we're we're not even done with this, but <clears throat> we will pick it up next week. <clears throat> um, so any any questions? <clears throat> really no questions, huh? Okay. <clears throat> All right. No questions, but I, I have that same style of um, I don't know if there's a terminology for it. <clears throat>
2: adding on, like saying, patience, add the Yeah, that's the same in Second Peter, the beginning of Second Peter. we uses that same methodology. For this reason, uh, for this reason, giving all diligence, adds your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge to knowledge, self control. I mean, it's different from from the suffering aspect, but uh, I
0: just yeah, the, no, it's it's a style uh, that works. Yeah. I mean, so you, you'll see that. <clears throat> all right, why don't we close in a word of prayer, and then we'll we'll go break up into groups and go to prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we we are grateful that we could uh, meet and, and gather uh, freely still in this country. That we can meet to be able to study Your Word, to understand what You have for us, Lord. That we should expect, we should expect suffering, we should expect persecution, uh, having the knowledge that it is, it's a test, and it, it's our sharing in Your suffering. May that cause us to rejoice. You command us to rejoice, to rejoice when we're suffering. Help us to do just that, Lord. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.
1: So ladies, I pray you have been strengthened by today's episode. Are prepared for what is to come. Reliant on the Father to instruct you, Christ's work to justify you and the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth, knowledge, and understanding found in the scriptures. I pray you know you are not, nor ever will be, alone during suffering. I pray you are in his word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day praising and glorifying God.